Fan frustration. Learn how to pronounce it. And Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Go For Two podcast. This is a podcast for frustrated football fans by two frustrated football fans. I'm Jenna Lique here with Brad Klein over the Zoom. And Brad, we have our matchup set. We are going, I mean, I'm going to Tampa, but we as a podcast are kind of going to Tampa because we will get a live from Tampa edition of the Go For Two podcast next week. How, on a level of 1 to 10, how excited are you for this matchup? Because I feel like we have some pretty good storylines going into it. I tell you, Brady Mahomes is pretty much what the doctor ordered right about now. And if you told me at the beginning of the year, hey, you're going to have a resurgent Tampa Bay Buccaneers team against the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs, I'd sign up for it. I think everyone would. You have some some intrigue on both sides, and that's pretty much what you want out of any given Super Bowl. All right, well, let's kind of break down how we got here with the game slash news and headlines of what happened in this past week and this past week since the last time you guys heard us on this platform. And we had Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They faced off, and Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does, even though – I wouldn't say Tom Brady playing well is what Tom Brady does. It's surviving is what I would call it, just from what we saw from that game. So who would you say is the most to blame for the Packers' loss? I'll tell you what. A lot of people are going to say Matt LaFleur for not kicking, or rather for kicking. And, and granted, I am on the train of I definitely would have gone for it, especially with Aaron Rodgers, the guy that's supposed to be one of the greatest of all time. But I got to tell you, I think it's Aaron Rodgers. I and mean, for a guy that's been put on this pedestal, and rightfully so, as one of the greatest of all time, he just didn't play well. You look at his stats, three touchdowns, an interception, nothing terrible there. But Brady threw three picks. And on all of the ensuing drives, the Packers went three and out. That's on Rodgers. You can't go three and out after the GOAT turns the ball over. That's the time that you really have to capitalize and granted, the field position wasn't immaculate any of those times, but you have to move the chain. So, yes, LaFleur should have gone for a touchdown rather than a field goal, but it doesn't come down to one play. It comes down to sustained mediocrity on the part of Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, I agree that I wouldn't put the blame on Matt LaFleur. He's getting a lot of heat, so I'm not going to add to that. Uh, surprisingly, what who did I see? Um, I think it was Max Kellerman who made the same argument that Aaron Rodgers was to blame on first take a couple days ago, or maybe it was yesterday. I don't know when it was. Oh, it must have been yesterday a couple days ago. So that would have been Sunday. Um, so I took a kind of different approach to this, similar approach of that it's not the answer that you're thinking of. But I'm going to say the person, or I guess I'm going to say the entity to blame for the Packers' loss is – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were just better in this contest. (laughs) I don't think that it was necessarily the Green Bay Packers who defeated themselves. I think that – I don't think I know that the Bucs came out and came out firing on all cylinders, and it was 21-10 and a half. Like, they had a nice lead. When I I saw that score line, I was like – because I didn't watch the first half of this game. I watched the second half, and I was like – my mom was like, ah – wow, Tom Brady, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, but this game's not going to end up being as spread out as it seems off the jump. And it wasn't, but I feel like the 
the game was already won in the first half. The mood was already there. And all the Packers were doing were trying to grasp for air, trying to keep up. And then they, you know, they stopped Tom Brady with the three interceptions. They made, they did some stops and the offense didn't capitalize. That is correct. But at the end of the day, I feel like this game was won in the first half and just stayed won, if that made sense. It's like they had a grasp and they held a tight grip on that grasp. They didn't do anything drastic to lose on the defensive end, which this team is pretty well-rounded throughout. So I say it's just I don't a know, Jen. I mean, three, three turnovers on the part of Tom Brady alone. It, it felt like at times neither team wanted to win this game. The Packers had their chances. They had plenty of chances. I still put the blame on Aaron Rodgers. I, I, and we're going we're gonna to talk about Rodgers later in the show, and rightfully so, because there's a lot going on with him, especially in the offseason. But, man, I think Rodgers just had to play better. Well, let's talk about the other quarterback. He kind of started talking about him. Tom Brady, what, what, was, what about this performance worries you as we move on to Kansas City? Um, for, for me, the thing that I, I said off the top was that Tom Brady survives. Does not always play well, but he's like – I don't know, a roach, is that something that can't be killed? Yeah, just no, like, it's okay, yeah. He just can't be killed. <laughs> He's He is a survivor. And a lot of people are arguing after this game that, you know, wins are in a quarterback stat, which they're not. And we kind of saw that between these two quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers played better, statistically, than Tom Brady, but who won? The man who doesn't die, because he's, you know, the old man. And so that's the thing – that impressed me during Tom Brady's performance, just his ability to be Tom Brady and somehow hold on to a victory. And wherever he goes, you know, championship games and championship wins follow. Um, but I don't know if he's good enough to beat Kansas City, especially with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, which I, which I know we'll talk about coming up very soon because I did bet against Patrick Mahomes. I, well, I bet against the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes because I wasn't sure if he was going to be back. And that was a stupid mistake because, of course, somehow it's kind of like the gif or like the meme, I guess, of the security guard barely, you know, checking to make sure that they are clear before going to a venue. That's That made sense to you. That's what they do. Pat. That's what it felt like they did with Patrick Mahomes. They just did the, yup. He's good. All concussion gone. Minimal tests. He's good to go for Sunday, which, you know, may or may not be true. He seemed fine, so he seemed he seemed healthy. But I just don't think Tom Brady can deal, and that's what Patrick Mahomes does. And the only people who have beaten him, Derek Carr, was able to outduel him, and I don't think Tom does that. Yeah, that's the thing. And you said something that I really want to circle back to, which was, is Tom Brady good enough? I, I just don't know. At, at this point, three interceptions against uh, Green Bay in a game that I really think the Packers should have won. See, that's the type of thing that I mentioned before. Rodgers goes three and out after three Brady interceptions. I want to say there's no way the Chiefs do that, but I'm going to catch myself because going into this game, if you told me, hey, Brady's going to go throw three interceptions, and on all three of them, Rodgers on the ensuing drive will go three and out. I wouldn't have believed you. So I'm, st I'm still going to bet on that notion that great quarterbacks won't do that and that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to take advantage of those mistakes. But the thing is, Brady went to a perfect situation, good defense, ready to win on a team seven and nine with a quarterback that turned the ball over like it was no tomorrow. And all he had to do was not turn the ball over. 
And largely he's done that. That's why they're playing in the Super Bowl. But in the championship game, obviously that wasn't the case. So do I think they can win a Super Bowl like that? No, I really don't. I think Brady has to get out of the way. And the Bucs just have to hope that Shaq Barrett can get to Mahomes and the defense can really carry this team like Peyton Manning and the Broncos. Very similar vibe. vibe. I think the only difference is, and it's not that big of a difference, but this team, the Bucs, they were really – they really did a lot. They really did the most to get Tom Brady in the perfect situation. Brought Gronk back, back, which him catching a ball, he like ran it for like 20 yards or something. He looked like an old man. Yeah. But, you know, it was kind of, it was laughable. But, you know, you got your, your number one guy, your best buddy back in Tampa. You got Antonio Brown, which we haven't even gotten. I should be like have a fan frustration. Whole segment all to myself talk about Antonio Brown and how he's not really doing much for the Bucks, but the fact that he's on the NFL team just bothers me, as we know. So I'll I'll keep that to a minimum. And then he had Leonard Fournette, which is fine. Just you know, another back to to pair with Ronald. Fournette played third. well actually in the he championship well. game. He so. did. He's kind of inconsistent, but when he plays well, he plays well. And then you had you already had Mike Evans in there. You know, you had Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. You had all the pieces to be successful, and you really put him in the perfect situation. And I think that's a little different from the Broncos team because I feel like it wasn't, you know, it was Peyton Manning and then the defense. Like, there was no weapons galore the same way that, that Brady has it. So I think that I if think he doesn't turn the ball over. Too, another key difference is that Brady is a lot better than Peyton Manning was that year. I, I really do believe that. Even after that championship game where he threw, threw the three interceptions, Peyton Manning was a liability. The Broncos won despite Peyton Manning that year. Yeah, he was an old man, which we're talking about a lot of old men here. And the one thing that didn't have old men playing was the AFC. They they had – it was all quarterbacks under the age of 30 playing. Under in, the age of 26. Under the age of 26. There you go. I know they were all in their 20s playing – and in the on the AFC side, and so we had the Kansas City Chiefs. They just dominated the Buffalo Bills. The Bills had no chance. It seemed like they might have had a chance starting off, um, not with a nine nothing lead off a muff punt from Nicole Hardman, who ended up having a really good game after that. Um, and are you surprised that it was by this? It was by what, twelve points? 14, oh, it's 14, 14 points. 14, 14 15, points. 14, yeah. yeah, this is a, a Bills team you mentioned before. They were up 9 nothing to start, and, and you kind of felt like – because the muff punt set them up with first down and goal. They score a touchdown. They missed the extra point. Fine, but I'm certainly not going to say that's why they lost. They were up 9 nothing at that point. But you kind of felt like they needed a stop after that touchdown just to really sway the momentum because Patrick Mahomes marches right down the field and scores and all of a sudden it's 9-7, and that really good start, it's pretty much gone. And for a team that was kind of playing on the ropes, that was kind of behind the eight ball to start because they didn't think or they didn't know if Patrick Mahomes was going to even play or not, so they had to game plan for, was it Chase Daniel, Chad Henney? Chad Chad Henney. They had to game plan for Chad Henney as well. So I just don't know. Look, the Bills are a very good team, and I do think they'll be back, but, man, I'm not surprised by this at all. The Chiefs are exponentially better. The Chiefs are everything that the Bills are trying to be, and maybe they will be next year, maybe the year after that, but not now. The Chiefs are in the bulk and the heart of their dynasty right now. 
Yeah, you, you, well, that's what I've been saying. I'm going to be picking Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs forever and ever and ever again. I didn't do that, that in this game because I was picking the I was picking against the Chiefs, not Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Um, if I knew he's playing, I would have picked Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs every single time, and I will continue to do that until they prove that this is not a that this is no longer a dynasty. But what do you think? So you said that you think Buffalo will be back. What do you think is that one piece or one or two pieces that they need to really compete with the Chiefs? I don't think there is that one piece. I think they're a pretty complete team. I just think it might be a maturity thing. It might be a, hey, they've never been here before. Now they're here. Now they have a good sense, and they'll be back. And, and that's the way it was for the Chiefs. The Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes has now been to three straight AFC championship games two straight Super Bowls, including this one. That means, go back a few years, he lost an AFC championship game. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen just had to take his medicine. The Bills had to do the same. I don't think there's a specific weak spot on this team. The defense was mediocre. Would it, could it be better? Absolutely. But they didn't lose because the defense was bad. I mean, sure, they gave up 38 points, but you gave up 38 points to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Am I going to call your defense bad for that? No. The, the defense was never the reason that they won games, but it was rarely the reason that they lost. The offense was fantastic. They had one of the best and certainly the deepest receiving core in the National Football League between Beasley and Stephon Diggs. So, no, I don't think that there's anything that they're specifically lacking. I think it's a maturity thing. Yeah, I think one one thing I would maybe say is just adding one more weapon. Because that's the thing about the Chiefs. Everyone on that team – Every offensive weapon is A1. Tier 1, yeah. they're, they're really good. Like, that's the thing that's annoying is everyone on this team is spectacular, especially, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think one more weapon could help. Also, Cole Beasley was playing with a broken leg, yeah. a broken fibula. So that's also something to note. I don't think it made the difference in this game. He was the leading receiver for the Bills. But it's just crazy that, that he played with that broken leg. Yeah, that's why I think the two teams that we're seeing – play on Super Bowl Sunday this year are two teams who have a lot of firepower and it's being it's more it's becoming more common that good offense can beat a really good defense like good offense can if you have it has to be an insanely good offense but if you have enough weapons that every single one of your your guys is a tier one guy then you're gonna have you know no problem beating any team any historic defense unless they're on the other side you know having having, you know, all of the great defensive players in the league. And even the Steelers couldn't even, you know, you know, the touted one of the best defenses in the league couldn't even make it past the first round of the playoffs. So hopefully they'll be back. I liked the Bills. A lot of people are rooting for the Bills. So I hope, I hope that they're back. All right, let's talk about other players who could potentially be back or not back. Roger says that his future is uncertain, even though a couple of minutes ago, we did get a notification yep. saying that he's downplaying the rumors a little bit, that he might not be with the Packers next year. Uh, so what do you think this just means for the organization who, let's remember, drafted Jordan Love in the second round? Yeah, see, I, I think this is just – this is um, air. This is, there's not much substance to these rumors at all, especially with Rodgers going on the Pat McAfee show and saying, hey – I don't see any reason why I wouldn't be back. I want to be a Packer and the Packers want me to be a Packer. So I'll be a Packer and that's it. And, and, and also I got an update saying that the front office realizes, Hey, we're not stupid. Aaron Rodgers is good and he makes our football team better. So 
we're going to bring him back. That being said, Rodgers wants to get paid. Are the Packers in a position to pay him? Because he's 38 years, years old right now, and, he's na- and his name is not Tom Brady. So we think. I mean, he might, be, he might play like he's Tom Brady until he's 43, but as of now, we have to assume that he's not Tom Brady, and eventually he's going to fall off a little bit. So if you're the Packers, are you really willing to pay him? And Rodgers says he wants to get paid. What does that look like? Does he want years or does he want annual salary? Is he going to say to the Packers, hey, you want me? I need four more years. I don't think the Packers are going to do that. So I I don't know. I think the only difference between Brady and Rodgers is that Brady just – is it's the it's the the debate that people are having now because Brady his arm is is crazy I think like we forget about it and we downplay it but it's I think it's a different situation than Tom Brady I think that he's could potentially be more talented just with you know God given gifts um, and so we'll see what where that takes him it could be a similar I don't think it will be but it could be uh, you know fork in the road similar to how was it with Tom Brady and the Patriots kind of like hey, show me that you want me <laughs> in any type of way. And if you don't, I'll go and I'll go to the Super Bowl next year with a team that wants me and is willing to give me weapons. So I don't think uh, the – who said it? Let me let me take a look. The CEO of the Packers, Mark Murphy, was like, we're not idiots. He's our leader. We're like, we're going to bring him back. Like, I don't think I, – I just don't know how long this relationship can continue. That's the question I would have is how long. Because if they continue to do nothing for this man, get him no receivers. I mean, you have Devontae Adams, which is great. But draft a young guy, maybe one or two, one other one in the later round, and show that you're really invested in having a Super Bowl push. This guy's only been to one Super Bowl, right? He's only won yep. one, yep. right? Yeah. So with, with uh, McCarthy, yeah. So, like, show this guy that – I think Aaron Rodgers is better than one Super Bowl. He just is. And yeah. it's you. We've kind of wasted his career, and by not seeing him in our Super Bowl, this seemed like a pretty good year to do it. They're right there at the doorstep. I thought that they were, at the time, a better team than the Bucks in terms of just how they the momentum, the momentum they were really ticking upward toward the end of the season, beating really good teams handily. So I I think that it might be a fork in the road. You better go all in on this guy or just go all out because in the middle it's just going to be bad for the franchise. All right. Well, before we move on, just to, just to be a stupid media member, if Aaron Rodgers is not on the Packers, where do you want to see him play? That's a good question. I feel like it kind of meshes with the rest of our conversation for today because I feel like it depends where some of these other guys go. It depends where Matt Stafford goes. Mm-hmm. It depends. I don't know. Cause the thing is, I think right now the the best job out of all of them, the best team out of all of them, if you're a quarterback looking for something new, is the Colts. See, I just, I, I, that's fair. And the Colts is a valid answer, but I have two answers I think are better. Okay. Hear me out. Go ahead. He's from California. Put him on the, on the Rams because apparently Jared Goff and Sean yeah, McVay right. marriage counseling put him on the Rams or the 49ers because they want to move on from Jimmy G. Either Both team. Both of those teams would be perfect. They'd yes. Be perfect. So that, just to be a stupid media member. No, it's, no, no, no. It's out Look, of our that, system. That, made so, no, that makes so much more sense because I don't think that, like, when I think of 
Aaron Rodgers. I don't see him going to the Colts. That's what I like, see. I think he, like that's one of the the more eye catching jobs because they were so close this year. You have a really good defense. You have some young players on offense. Like I, that's why I kept saying the whole year that the Colts are missing. Philip Rivers wasn't going to get it done, but I definitely see Matt Stafford in that. Indianapolis Colts uniform more than I see Aaron Rodgers. I see Aaron Rodgers with the Rams or the San Francisco 49. I just see it with the uniform. It just works. Not with the Colts, but you seem to disagree with my Matt Stafford and everyone else's Matt Stafford to the Colts take. Yeah, I do. I, I, I don't know. Like, if I'm a Colts fan, do I really want Matthew Stafford? I, not saying that the Colts are a better team without him, but what's the difference between that and Phillip Rivers? And I completely understand that Matthew Stafford is better than Philip Rivers right now, and he was better than Philip Rivers this time last year. But in the grand scheme of things, what's the difference? Is Matthew Stafford going to be that difference to get you to a Super Bowl? Is he that much better than Philip Rivers? I don't think so. I think, I think the Colts have to build this right, or they take a different path. There are a few other ways you can go, and I understand when I say build it right, for Colts fans, that might be a scary thought because build it right could take a while. You don't necessarily want to develop a young quarterback around this win-now team. So I get that. The question is, is there a better avenue than Matthew Stafford? Hopefully there is. But I, I, they might be handcuffed into it. They might be backed into a corner, look around the league and say, okay, if we're not going to develop a young quarterback right now, then who is it going to be? And I guess Matthew Stafford's the best option. Bring him in. But that should not be the reason that you acquire a quarterback. Okay. Um, I just I think that we haven't seen all of what Matthew Stafford can do. Because the thing is, most – I saw a tweet somewhere, and it was like most – the way most people view – like media members view Matthew Stafford is he's all right, he's fine. and But the players around the league talk about this guy like he's the best thing since sliced bread. They love this guy. They're like, he's so talented. I remember um, for the Thanksgiving football game, Tony Romo was raving. He was like, yeah, this is like one guy I hope gets an opportunity somewhere else so he can show what he has. That's the thing. that The lines have been bad the whole time he's been there. I think someone called it – the. Oh, I think it was Adam Shine. He was like, and, of course, the Lions are rebuilding for the last like, – it's like the last 70 years, since 1953. They're, they just continued the rebuild and have never made it. So I want to see what this guy can do with a team that's good before we start saying, I don't know if he's good enough to be on the team. I say sign him. I don't know if he's going to want to do a one-year deal, but I think you need a one-year experimental period. I think he is a lot better than Phillip Rivers, that's, but that just might be my Phillip Rivers, former Charger quarterback, you know, but, hate inside you know, of he me. He is. He is a lot better, but I think we – I think a lot of NFL fans like you and I, we just want to see Matthew Stafford on the Colts because it makes sense on paper. But if you're a Colts fan, you really want Matthew Stafford? Because there's a difference. There's a difference. All right. Well, we'll, we do have one of our loyal listeners, Harrison. He's a Colts fan. Maybe he'll, if Harrison, if you've listened to this point, tweet at us, let us know your thoughts. And we, for everyone else, uh, we'll retweet that if he does decide to do that. And we'll let you know what at least one Colts fan opinion is, because that should be interesting. We kind of missed the headline part of that or the recap part of that. We are in the recap segment. 
Matthew Stafford and the Lions are parting ways. They have agreed yeah. to do that. So we kind of transitioned right into it. that without yeah. saying without saying it's going to be an interesting offseason, Jenna, and we're going to have plenty to talk about this offseason. But between Deshaun Watson looking for another team, uh, maybe just by dominoes falling, Sam Darnold going to another team, you have Trevor Lawrence entering the league, you have Matthew Stafford going elsewhere. I guess Philip Rivers is retiring. Drew Brees is retiring. So Jameis Winston could be taking the starting job or he's on the move. You have so many different quarterbacks that have started or can start. And they're going to be flying all over the league. It's going to be a quarterback carousel like we've never seen before. Yeah, I'm trying to look right now. Okay, I think, who was it? It's Adam Schefter. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the move. Who else? I mean, there are so many names. Right now, um, so Adam Schefter, he tweeted that there's roughly 10 quarterbacks locked in to starting job for opening day of the 2021 season. This is an unexpected or it isn't expected to be an unprecedented offseason of quarterback movement. So yeah. here is the list of the quarterbacks with futures in question. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garopp- Garoppolo, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Mitchell Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Alex Smith, and Ben Roethlisberger. That's, That's 15. 15 quarterbacks. That's crazy. We've never seen anything like this. And a lot of these players that I I listed off have already proven that they're good. They're like three tiers. Proven that they're good slash great. Trying to prove that they're good slash great and just need a move. Like Carson Wentz, he, you know, was trending toward the good, you know, the good solid guy. And now he's kind of fallen and is going downward. So he has a chance to re-up that or continue to either plateau or go down. Similar with Jared Goff, he's always just kind of been the game manager. Jimmy Garoppolo, even Sam Darnold, of just like promise, promise, and now he's kind of going down and down. So and then, or just like backup quarterbacks, <laughs> players who should be backup quarterbacks who are still big names either because they were drafted high or they had a few good years. Or just out of curiosity, when did Schefter tweet that? He tweeted that. Of course, I just lost it. Okay. He tweeted that the 25th, so yesterday around 2.12, so 24 hours ago. I'm actually surprised that he tweeted that so recently because I will say there are a few names out there that I think are a little bit more shoo-in than he's making them out to be. Like Ben Roethlisberger has already said he's coming back. I don't see the Steelers moving on from him, so he's included in that list. I don't think he should be. Was Nick Foles on that list, by the way? Nick Foles isn't on that list. Yeah, like he should be. He should be on that list because that's another starting caliber quarterback that could be on the move. If the Bears are going to move on from Trubisky, why would they hold on to Nick Foles? It doesn't make any sense. So there are a few names I would would omit from that list and emit as well. So. Well, let's go talk about the guy from the top of the list. And this is obviously of significance to you, Deshaun Watson. He wants to play in the AFC East. Like, who wants to do that? <laughs> who wants to? Yeah. And then his top team's the Jets. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> there are conflicting reports about that. Uh, half, of the, half of the media is saying that his top team is the Jets, and the other half is saying, hey, they're lying. Don't believe them. It's not the Jets. So, but one thing that has been consistent in the reports is that he wouldn't mind playing for the Jets. It's either the Jets are his number one or – the Jets are one of his teams. So no matter what, he wouldn't mind the Jets. I would say that I don't know why you'd want to play for the Jets over the Dolphins because the Dolphins are 
so much better than the Jets and they're so much more ready to win than the Jets. And, and in my opinion, like that's another team that you can look at and you could really dub as, hey, they're a quarterback away. What's the difference between the Colts and the Dolphins? A tiebreaker. That's it, right? So go to the Dolphins. Why would you want to go to the Jets? But I would say that you should tread lightly before you go to the AFC East, Jenna, because that's a division that could look very different, very different in terms of quarterbacks. You have the Patriots could go – the Patriots could get Matthew Stafford. That's a, that's a rumor that has a lot of substance to it. Maybe Stafford doesn't go to the Colts. Maybe he goes to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And the same has been said, like, if Rodgers was on the move, maybe he would go to the Patriots. That's a little less substantiated. Then you throw Deshaun Watson in there, and who knows? I mean, you have Josh Allen still in there. And then who knows what goes on with either the Dolphins or the Jets, whoever doesn't get Deshaun Watson. You either have Sam Darnold or the number two overall pick at quarterback or Tua. So <laughs> there's a lot there. Yeah. So the thing is, I think the Jets is more likely than the Dolphins because the way that I've seen the Dolphins been talked about as an option is if it would have to be with a pairing of Tua like that would have to, it'd be like a, a giant trade of Deshaun Watson. Cause that was, that's one of his teams that he was like, I'm cool if, if you guys trade me here, but it seems like Tua would have to be the quarterback that um, they send, they send down to Houston or over that's to fair. Houston, I should say. So the thing is like, if I'm the Dolphins, do we really, are we giving up on, we tanked for Tua. Mm-hmm. Are we really going to give up on, that would be like, Ah, that's almost impossible. But Trevor Lawrence just not having, you know, a great year, kind of being mediocre. And the Jaguars being, oh, like the next year being like, oh, let's trade him away to the, the Jets. I don't know. That's just an example. Like, it no, would – See, it's not like that. It's not, it's not as if Trevor – or rather Tua was not performing well. It's that he wasn't performing. That's the thing. And everyone trusts Brian Flores. And everyone thinks that, that the Dolphins coaching staff is top-notch, and yet they did not open the playbook for Tua at all. And that tells you something. That tells you something that, in practice, wasn't looking good. And they didn't trust him to throw the ball downfield, obviously. So I don't think that was them trying to save Tua for next year and salvage the playbook. No, I think there was something seriously wrong with Tua. Do I think it was an injury? No, I think it was a lack of talent and deceptive in the in the combine and in college. So, no, I – I just don't think two is as good as we thought he was. And if the Dolphins have to trade him to get a top five quarterback in Deshaun Watson, so be it. Yeah, I agree. It just seems like a lot of extra logistical work. <laughs> and maybe I'm just lazy. Maybe I've been here in my Florida bedroom for a little too long and I'm no. bored and I'm like, uh, that seems like way too much work. Um, but I think the Jets is interesting because you're really rolling the dice, but it was supposedly because Robert Sala. But the thing is, like, you just had a complete and utter collapse from that entire organization. So let's hope that doesn't happen again. That's really what you're banking on. But I think – I, I guess, it, but I got to tell you – I'm sorry to cut you off, Jenna, mm-hmm. but I have to tell you, the Dolphins are what the Jets are trying to be. Uh, the, here's the thing. Okay, the Jets, you think that they're more attractive because of Robert, Robert Sala – And I get that. But you already have a good coach in Brian Flores that's respected around the league and has already done wanting. The Jets, another thing that they have is draft capital. They have like 18 picks over the next two years. So that's what they would have to give up to get Deshaun Watson. So all of a sudden, if you have Watson, you don't have that, which makes the Jets less attractive. And then 
they also have cap room to build the roster around Deshaun Watson. But again, the Dolphins already have that bolstered roster around the quarterback. So I, I don't get it. I really don't. No, I agree with you completely. We're making the same point, just getting to it at a different angle. Because I also agree that the Dolphins are the more attractive pick. I just don't think logistically it's going to happen. Because okay. the Jets, all I'm saying that the one silver lining is that they have a good coach, I guess. But my thing is the organization, you know, you just – I thought um, – what was his name? Adam Gase was supposed to be the future of, of offenses across America. And he would like – if you thought that, then there must be something seriously wrong with your decision-making. So I don't want to be a part of a potentially worse collapse. And again, it's similar to the point you made in your fran, fran, fran goodness gracious, fran, fan frustration. I can't say fan free. Our flagship program can't even say it. That's your fan problem. Your fan frustration last week was just kind of the fact that if you get Deshaun Watson to be just Deshaun Watson with no help on a bad team, like. Yeah. Similar to what we just saw with him and the Texans. I do think we have to move on. We've been on the quarterback carousel forever, and it's time that we get off before we start getting dizzy. So let's do that. All right, Jenna. So we're moving on to what was trending, and I'll give you a breather. I'll start. The 2021 Pro Bowl is canceled. No one's crying about that, but we might cry for a different reason, is that they're doing a virtual Pro Bowl over Madden. So – buckle up i guess the question is who's gonna watch that i mean who's gonna watch the actual pro bowl but why would you, why would you ever watch a madden pro bowl i don't understand i i don't see the the ratings coming from anywhere really it's just it's just a really desperate attempt by the league i will say that my favorite part of pro bowl weekend is the skills competition which you're not going to be able to replicate over madden so just don't just don't even try. Yep. Let's just leave it where it is in the garbage. And maybe forever. Dodgeball is fun. Dodgeball is fun. Dodgeball is fun. The, uh, the quarterback accuracy competition is fun. The obstacle course is okay. I really like the drone drop. You know, the drone drop for the receivers. Yeah. That's fun to watch. But dodgeball is fun. And at this point, just selling off the Madden thing – the, the thing, yeah, and the thing, the thing that makes the Pro Bowl kind of the laughingstock of the NFL is the fact that the game is just not it. Like, no one actually cares about the game. So the one thing that Madden's getting is the game, the part that no one likes. <laughs> so you're getting, you know, the sloppy seconds, and no one's going to want to watch that on, on that type of platform. So my what was trending has to do a little bit with the head coaching rumors and jobs the fact that Eric B enemy still doesn't have a job unbelievable after what they just did to the bills and no one you know they're trying they're trying to say oh Houston's kind of interested I'm like yeah as a constellation not even a constellation but as a Deshaun Watson please stop please stop we want well we got your guy we got the guy you wanted but it's kind of too late for that Deshaun Watson said that you know, you the problem that he had wasn't the fact that Eric Bieniemy wasn't interviewed. It's the fact that they lied and said, "Hey, yeah, you'll have a you'll have a say," and then didn't ask him and just hired some guy for the front office after they said he'd have a say in that. But one of the thing that's interesting here is that one of the coaching candidates that moved on in the process was Josh McCown, the quarterback for the is he the Eagles quarterback? But like the quarterback on retainer, like no, no, that's that, the crazy thing about this, Jenna. Right now, as we speak, 
he is an active quarterback on the yeah. Texans, the Texans active roster. Oh, the Texans. Okay. Now I'm seeing. Yeah, that's crazy. So the bull, uh, people were just mad because they're like Josh McCown for why? Like why would he be, right now with no coaching experience be the head coach of the Texans? I know he's you know he's touted as one of those guys who is a is a player coach. He's still in this league not because he's good, but because he's a player coach. And he'll coach up your young guy. He's a re- he's really good for rookie quarterback. Similar to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but Ryan Fitzpatrick it is better. But just kind of like a he's not going to get mad when you bring in a new rookie. He's going to take him under his wing and be a dad and be a coach. But to jump from player dad coach to head coach of a franchise that's just scrambling for an answer, it's just not going to work. And a lot of people felt that way, and a lot of people were kind of pissed off that Eric Bieniemy wasn't getting as much attention as Josh McCown was getting from the Texans. So it was kind of just a crazy thing. I don't think we've heard anything past that. It, it, all that was said was if Josh McCown did get the job, he'd be paired with someone with head coaching experience. So he wouldn't be going into this completely blind. But, you know, let the guy be an OC or something first. Yeah, I, I get that. I will say this about Josh McCown because part of the outrage was – honestly was that he's has no experience and he's white so everyone is looking at Eric Bieniemy and saying hey he can't be more qualified and he's hardly even getting interviewed and here comes Josh McCown who's just straight up a player and he's getting interviewed by the team that should be it doesn't make any sense I will say this one of the worst takes in my opinion one of the worst takes in sports talk history was that was made by Stephen A. Smith as that Steve Nash was should not have been hired by the Brooklyn Nets as his head as their head coach, and that it's an example of white privilege. Bad take because Steve Nash is a two-time MVP and he's extremely qualified. You can't say the same for Josh McCown. So if you want to put point fingers with that discussion, you could, and I, I would I'd be able to listen to you on that one because it, it is a little odd that the enemy is still for whatever reason, not getting the attention that he deserves. And here comes Josh McCown with no experience, and now he's getting interviewed. Yeah, it definitely brought up the race conversation on on Twitter, and I think it should because it did kind of, you know, make you scratch your head of just why. Like, why, what is the reason right now that Josh McCown deserves this job over Eric Bieniemy? I just don't see it. And – Unfortunately, race is always something that needs to be questioned in these types of circumstances. So we'll see how that ends up shaking out. It should be interesting. All right, Jenna, it's time to transition to fan frustration. Learn how to pronounce it and cue the music. Fan frustration. All right, Jenna, I'm sorry. I had to make fun of you. Softball and a T, I'll let you start. Yeah, so my fan frustration, it's all right. I couldn't say it, and it's our flagship program. Oh, boy. Oh, oh no. here we go again. <laughs> when I get worked up, I get all stumbly. That's what happens. Stumbly and a tad flustered. So here we go. My fan frustration is just about the Super Bowl matchup. It's a Raiders fan's worst nightmare. You have Tom Brady versus the Chiefs. First off. The last time that the Raiders were good back in wherever, whenever that was, I saw a TikTok that was posted from the account of Raider Cody. He's a huge podcaster for Raiders fans who know him. And it was like the years that the Raiders were good in the past 20 years. 
2016. Every other year. <laughs> Bad. So it's very depressing existence, but one of the most controversial moments in Raiders history is the tuck rule. NFL and, history. NFL history. That's right. NFL history. So we hate this guy. This guy named Tom Brady because he ruined our chances. It also I saw uh I read an article from like Bleacher Report a while back. I think it was in 2016 and it was the hype around the Raiders and you know they're going to be the ones who are going to be able to knock off Brady and the Patriots because you know Brady and the Patriots were still a thing in 2016 and they were dominating because it would be the perfect you know circle, the perfect redemption from the tuck rule to knocking off the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl. Obviously, that didn't happen. It was, but it was something that fires us up. The tuck rule will always fire us up. I think Charles Woodson and Tom Brady a couple years ago did like a little video thing together, and they still argue about it to this day because it was very important to them. It changed the course of the Raiders franchise, and I truly believe that. And I think most Raiders fans will. And it started the the true animosity between the Raiders and the NFL. So, Brady, we don't like that guy. The Chiefs, it's almost worse. That's our number one enemy. That's, that's enemy number one inside the AFC West, especially after this year. I feel like the rivalry was kind of renewed because the, the number one thing about a rival, rivalry is that both teams have to win. <laughs> like, you have to – there has to be some type of competition. And the only team to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the regular season was and still is my Raiders. So, we hate the Chiefs. And I think that was renewed when they, because after the Raiders won, they took a little victory lap around in the bus. And Travis Kelsey comes out and says, oh, yeah, you know, makes sense since this is technically their Super Bowl. They're never going to get anywhere closer than beating us. And so it was a lot of animosity. That second game was really, you know, everyone was revved up. I'm excited to see round three of this, of this saga. But first, it's hard to choose who to root for. I mean, I'm rooting for Tom Brady and the Bucks. I'll let you know that now, just because I hate the Chiefs and I don't want the Chiefs to be successful. So, but it truly. Well, is. I'm gonna let you know. I'm rooting for the Chiefs because I hate Tom Brady and I don't want him to be successful. So. At same go. exact logic, and it's funny because the Chiefs are my Super Bowl pick, and I still think I'll probably choose them. We'll have to find out in the preview segment coming up next. But Brad, I'll toss it back over to you. All right, Jenna. Well, actually, you know what? I mean, this is just me thinking on the fly, but honestly, we should probably hold off on those predictions because we have another week to preview. So, ah, uh, jumping the gun here. But that's okay because next week is going to be our Super Bowl special. Hopefully, I can get something special or put something. You know what special we're going to do? Together. Here's what we'll do: live rundown change. Oh, not really change, but we're going to keep the preview segment coming up. All right, stay tuned for our Super Bowl picks, and then next week. We'll do Super Bowl game props, coin toss, all that jazz, okay? Great. Great. Let's do that. All right, everybody, now that you've had a little peek behind the curtain to see what <laughs> what our uh, production meeting, LOL. No, it's Brad does the rundown, but now you get to see us actually discuss it, you know, a little bit. So we'll yeah. do that after your fan frustration, please. All right, well, look, I, I can't take credit for this. Maggie Gray from WFAN said this first, and I, I have to agree with every word that she said. Jets fans, Deshaun Watson has made it very clear, whether it's your, his number one team or not, he would not mind going to the Jets, which is pretty cool because the Jets are a disgrace, and Deshaun Watson is an MVP candidate year in and year out. He's 25 years young. He's in the prime of his career. He led the league in passing with absolutely no wide receivers this year. 
So, Deshaun Watson says it's cool to play for the Jets. That's a win in and of itself. Whether you get the deal done for Watson or not, whether you're able to trade for him, whether the Texans even want to deal him or not, it's a win. You've already won because Deshaun Watson has broken the green barrier and told the rest of the league, hey, and Richard Sherman has helped too when he says, hey, Robert Sala's my guy. Robert Sala is the guy. They're telling the rest of the league, hey, the Jets, they're no longer the Jets. You can go there. Your career will not be ruined. I believe so. Deshaun Watson is staking his career on Robert Sala and the Jets when he says, eh, throw me to the Jets. Why not? I'll go to the Jets. And Richard Sherman is doing pretty much the same thing when he says, oh, Robert Sala is the guy. So if they're willing to do it, I'm willing to say this. Hey, NFL, the Jets are no longer the Jets. Turns out the Jets hired the right guy because he, without even stepping on the sideline once, is acquiring all this respect for a team and a franchise that deserves none of it. So it's already a win. Accept it. Walk away while you're up. That's all. Beautifully said. Thank you. I have no other added thoughts. I hope this works out for you. The Jets being the cool place to go. Again, let's remember that the destination is still New York. Like, it's the New York Jets. Yeah. It's not – it's not like you're going – I was thinking about this the other day. Like, Kansas City, that is in Missouri. <laughs> like, I just thought about that. Like, the places, you know, I'd much rather be anywhere else than Missouri. No offense Yeah, to I mean, Aaron Rodgers makes his living in the state of Wisconsin, so. Yeah, just like some of these places you forget that they're just in places that I – He doesn't I've- even work in Milwaukee. Green Bay is not even in Milwaukee. It's just in Wisconsin. Yeah. So you, th- you forget about that sometimes. Obviously, that's not probably not a huge factor, but I'd be thinking about it. Yay, let me raise my family in Missouri. Kansas Missouri. City. It's pronounced Missouri. Well, I call it Missouri. So let's move on. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. All right, Jenna, preview. It's one game. It's the game. Bucks. I mean, quote-unquote, visiting the Chiefs because the Chiefs are supposed to be the home team. All that means is the Bucks get to choose heads or tails, which we'll let you know what we think in the next preview segment next show. But it's the first time a team is playing a Super Bowl in their home stadium with Tampa Bay happening to be the host site. Does that change your opinion? Who you got? No, it is the first time in NFL history that this has happened at the Super Bowl. One of the Super Bowl teams is the host city, home in the host city. So... No, it doesn't change anything at all. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I said at the beginning of the season when we made our predictions, I will say it now as my prediction is the only one that has stayed pride and true, the consistent, you know, Giants that are the Chiefs. I really don't want them there. I really don't want them there. I really want them to fail. But they won't because they're Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I get that. I will say that, and, and this shouldn't really matter because the season ticket holders won't get dibs anyway, so why does it matter? But Tampa Bay is not one of those elite fan bases that you think of. It's not like they're the, the 12th man or the black hole in, in Vegas. It, it's just not the same thing, or really Oakland, I should say. It's just not the same thing. So I, that, not that it would impact my decision if it was a place like Seattle, but it especially doesn't uh, just because it's Tampa Bay. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, too. 
they're the Chiefs. And look, if Tom Brady was playing a little bit better, then I'd be a little more hesitant on this pick. But Mahomes cannot be stopped. You have so many weapons around him. It's an embarrassment of riches. I'm not going to be the guy that bets against Patrick Mahomes. I do understand that I'm betting against Tom Brady, but I'd rather bet against 43-year-old Tom Brady than prime Mahomes. Yeah, well, we'll see. I just hope the game's close. That's what I'm hoping for. I hope it's not a blowout, but I hope it's also not the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl we got a few years ago because that was just downright boring. Yeah. I hope it's in the middle. We shall see. And I'm hoping that my one of my favorite things always, and I guess we can talk about this in our preview segment next next um, week, is I'm always a fan of who's doing the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm a huge music music and pop culture fan as well as a football fan and I'm just not wowed by the weekend so maybe he you know that's one thing that that uh will be interesting I bring that up just because the whole fans thing you know usually it's like a you know it's kind of like a concert you get a concert concert venue um stadium stadium tour if you will um so that's one thing I'm just gonna keep my eye out I uh, my eye out on I cannot speak today and I hate that so just some you know one thing we talk about next week that's one thing when you said no fans because you know season ticket holders don't get dibs it's just going to be some healthcare workers and then 50 50 split for a lower capacity of the stadium so we'll see how all that shakes out that's all we have for this episode of the gopher 2 podcast if you guys want to hear all of our episodes we are on spotify and apple podcast for spotify we got to get those numbers up you guys are doing a fantastic job because now all you have to put in is a podcast for frustrated football fans and that's it and it will pop up and usually it's the whole tagline you know football fans who you know two frustrated football fans Whatever it is. Goodness gracious, I can't speak. By two frustrated, frustrated football fans. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to re-say the whole thing, and then I got tripped up in the middle. So, whatever. You guys know what it is. You know the drill. And it's up also on Apple Podcasts. Really simple there. Just look up the Go For Two podcast. That is also what our Twitter, Twitter – Twitter, oh, my gosh. Twitter handle is – we need to get off this, this call right now because I'm over the fact that I cannot speak. So – Head over to Twitter at the Gopher 2 Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, email us at the number two pod. Go for gosh, I cannot speak. I hate I life. You. I got you, Jenna. At the Gopher 2 Podcast. Go for the number two pod at gmail.com. Twitter at go for the number two podcast. You got our Spotify. You got Apple Podcast. Deuce. Bye.